So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel 37, chapter 1, or verses 1 to 14. And of course, we'll read, we'll start with our key verse. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning as we read the text for our message. We'll start with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Ezekiel 37.1-14. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Holy Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, Can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord." So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says, My people... I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. Let us pray. Hide me behind your cross, Lord Jesus. Articulate the Father's heart through my voice, and let the Holy Spirit breathe new life to us, opening our hearts and our ears to hear the message of God. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Rhetorical questions. Geico actually does a pretty good job of using them in their commercials. Here is a small sample.
Okay. So, Geico has made the rhetorical question a significant part of its advertising, as we just saw. And that's because they have a tendency to make us think and get us to a place where we can understand some things a lot better. Today in our scripture, God has asked 
Ezekiel a rhetorical question. Ezekiel is a prophet who has had visions and God has given him tasks to do along the way. Sometimes they've been a little odd. He has eaten an actual scroll, laid on one side of his body for 300 days and the other side for 20 days. He has built a town in the middle of the group of people that he is traveling with, like out of small stones. If it was today, it would probably be built out of Legos, but he built it out of small stones and then he knocked it over. He cut his hair weird and then went around distributing pieces of his hair in the town. He has done all of these things in order to give information to the people of God and remind them that even though they are in exile, even though they are far from home, God has not forgotten them and he will redeem them. In this passage, God takes Ezekiel to a valley. He gets there, and the valley is covered in bones, old, long-dead, dry bones. And I think the dry bones piece of this is mentioned multiple times for a number of reasons. To make sure we know that these bones aren't just a little dead. They are all the way dead. And maybe just a little so we can hear the rattle. This isn't exactly the same. But it certainly comes close to the way it must have sounded as Ezekiel walked back and forth among this valley of dry bones. Shells are much the same as dry bones just for fish or sea creatures. They're the remnants after the sea creature has died or left it behind. There's nothing alive about these. These are all gone, dead. They're not going to be alive in any way, shape, or form. That's the same thing that Ezekiel was doing. He's walking through a valley full of dry bones. They were definitely not alive. And as he's doing this, God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? The obvious answer, the reason it's a rhetorical question is, no, <laughs> the, uh, Dry bones cannot live. They are not viable. But it's God asking the question. So, maybe? (laughs) Ezekiel knows God well enough and has been through enough with God through to this point to know that probably the best answer is really no answer at all. And that's the answer that he gives. He says, only you know, God, because I have no idea what you're about to do here, but I can tell you right now that if you were to ask me under my power, I cannot make these bones live. There is no way I can do it. But I'm going to stand here and you tell me 
what's going to happen next. I'll anticipate with you and what you are going to do. And God says, you're right. In fact, these bones cannot live unless I bring them back to life. And he says, I am going to use you to do that, to bring them back to life. Uh, Tell them they can live. Tell them they can live. It seems like a very strange thing to do. But because God is the one who's commanding him, Ezekiel says exactly what God asks him to do. He says, Come alive, bones. God has said that you will come alive. And as he does that, it says the bones begin to rattle. They begin to grow tendons and blood vessels and muscles and then finally skin. They become no longer dry bones, but instead people of a sort. Because just as in Genesis 2-7, where it says that God breathed into man and thus began life, it is necessary for there to be breath in order for there to be life. We know this breath as the Holy Spirit. We know this breath is the Holy Spirit of God who gives us life as Christians. But this is um, an opportunity for the people that... Ezekiel speaks to who are in exile to hear that even as you cry out that your hope is gone, God has promised to put his spirit in you and you will live. This past week in preparing this message, it seems so relevant to where we are as a church to read this passage, to talk about where we are as a church family and the community we serve. As I have worked and been in moments, I have heard many, many people say, many, many times, there is no hope here. There there is no hope here. We don't have hope here anymore. This town is hopeless. But... I don't think that's true. God says to us, can these bones live as we walk in this town? He says to us, can these bones live? And it's a rhetorical question for us too because we know that God has already made a way for all of our bones to live. We know that the crushing weight of hopelessness that we felt before we started following Jesus is no longer the truth of who we are. Instead, we do have hope, a hope for living fruitful, abundant lives in the kingdom of God. As followers of Jesus, a hope for our futures, a hope for life. 
can these bones live, is answered over and over in the life of a Christian with a loud yes. And then it should be, it must be followed up with shouts to those around us, come alive, come and see, you do not have to be hopeless. The God who made you loves you, wants you to live. He will pick you up, and then he will fill you with his spirit, and then you will live. Can these bones live? Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. In moments, we are the ones crying out, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. We are the ones speaking the truth God wants known and believed and carried throughout the world. You can know Jesus. You can follow him. You can be filled with the spirit of the living God. And when that happens, when that becomes true for you, everything else changes. You are no longer hopeless. You are full of hope. You are no longer living as though you were dead, dried up bones, rattling only when someone else moved you. Instead, you become alive in a way you never thought possible. You become alive enough to know peace and joy and love in ways you didn't know were possible. You have hope. You can live. Can these bones live is a rhetorical question of a loving, living God who longs to see everyone live in relationship with him. It is because of the yes to this question that each of us can say together the statements that follow this message, that we say together every single week. God loved us enough to ask, can these bones live? And we know the answer is yes. I'd ask you to grab the blue sheets if you don't have one, if you would get one. have been doing every week in this series, we're going to read through our list of things. What does it mean to say God loves? To create us, to form us from the dust, to let us fall, to let us fail, to let us choose our own way over God's, to let us chain ourselves to sin and defeat and heartbreak and sorrow and death. To provide a rescue, a way back, through wanderers, murderers, adulterers, defaulters, promise breakers, foreigners, strangers, and lovers. To show us mothers, judges, kings, and prophets who loved and spoke for God and kept reminding us of the promise of redemption. To show us how evil and wrong continually mess things up and how obedience to God fosters holiness and bestows blessing. To send us Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, to preach and live peace, grace, hope, joy, and love. To see Jesus rejected, to see him die, to see him buried. 
to raise Jesus from the dead and send the Holy Spirit to remind us of all we have in him and empower us to live like Jesus. To want us to live like Jesus, an abundant life infused with all the fruit of the Spirit, redeemed, free, loved. To still let us choose our own destiny. To promise the hope of forever, of resurrection from the dead, and final judgment. God loved us enough. God loves us enough. God will always love us enough. For God so loved the world. God loves you. God wants you to know it. God wants you to live in it. God wants you to be able to love others because you know you are loved. God's love is expressed to us every week most tangibly as we gather at this table. The son who died and yet lives gave everything so we could know the depth of God's love. So come, drink the wine, eat the bread. Know you are loved. God loves you. Go love the world with him.